This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After yet another year of ticketing fiascos and hefty price hikes, we ask if this is just the price fans have to pay for success or if actually City might be fleecing the fans and pushing those most loyal to the club away from the match-going experience. Buckle up, everybody, because it's going to be a bumpy one. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of May. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm Ollie Kirsch. And this is the City Report podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. It's fair to say City love themselves a bargain and there's been no better than Julian Alvarez in recent years. £50 million, what a steal. But if you fancy grabbing yourself an Alvarez-style bargain, then head over to Discount Dragon. With an array of food and drink products to choose from, you, the listener, can shop for the best high street bargains straight from the comfort of your own home. Discount Dragon is the place to find all of the best brands at better value, and new customers can even get an extra £5 off all orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply. Wheeled out the big boys for this one. It's been brewing over the weekend. I've been excited. I've got my notes. I've got my points. I've got my arguments, as we all have. Um, If you haven't already, as always, follow, subscribe, like the show, leave a rating and review, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. Nice little rhyme to kick things off. Ollie, we, you and I spoke about the Fulham game yesterday. That's up. Go and listen to that. A much more positive uh, show, I can imagine. If you are clicking on to today's episode, you may not be a match-going fan. You may not even be from Manchester or England, and, and you think, oh, is this for me? I urge you, stick around, because I know there's been a lot of noise on City social media to do with the current ticketing fiascos and whatnot. We'll do our very best, as always, to be uh, to be as balanced as possible, provide both sides 
the argument and hopefully come to some form of consensus. First things first, though, Adam, welcome back. Brand new week. How are you doing? Uh, good. Very tired. I had a, a long weekend uh, away at the coast and couldn't get Sunday off of work, so I had to get up at about 4 a.m., drive back from from our little beach house and make it back for my 7 a.m. shift Sunday. So I'm I'm reeling from that a little bit, but uh, yeah, all around pretty good. It's very on brand that you uh, you pop your head over for the for the episode where we get to do all the all the moaning. I have to say, it's very uh, it, it suits you very well. Yeah, all the uh, all the joy as of late, it's really bringing me down. So I figured I would <laughs> stick my head in for this one. Right, Ollie. Let's get into it then. What, what, what do you think we should start off with then? The the rail because there's two sides to this, and and fantastically, if you haven't followed, last Friday City did a fantastic job of sort of from the morning to the evening of pissing off both non-season ticket holders <laughs> and season ticket holders. They did, like I said, a really really good job at that. So, which one do you think we should tackle first? Season ticket price rises or the Real Madrid membership situation? I'll say Madrid because the season tickets has got you know multi-year impact. That's a wider conversation about yeah. how we approach our year-on-year uh, pricing with inflation, etc. But Madrid, I think you know that's that's pertinent to this season and to the here and now. Yeah, so let's. I'll try and do my very best to sort of walk people through who may not have noticed, who may not have been aware of what happened. But basically, obviously, as we do know, Manchester City qualified for the Champions League semi-final. First leg will be away in Madrid. That is next week, if I've got my dates right. Week after will be the second leg at the Etihad Stadium. What City usually do, there's three strands to when they release tickets. The first strand is for people, season ticket holders who are on the cup scheme. Now, every year, season ticket holders get an opportunity to sign up for the cup scheme, the League Cup, the FA Cup and the Champions League. It gives them priority access to their seat in the stadium for every match in the domestic cup. Now, that may seem a little bit weird. Why don't season ticket holders just get that seat anyway? Well, uh, you could pay a certain price and every single League Cup draw could be away. Every single FA Cup draw could be away. You might get knocked out in the group stage of the Champions League. You might do as the City have done this year, go to the semi-final. So they do it as that. You pay every game, but you get a guaranteed access. That's one strand. After that, any season ticket holders are given a window against Real Madrid. It was two days to purchase any other remaining seats in the stadium. Absolutely fine. All season ticket holders can log on at the same time. They have 48 hours to pick a, uh, to pick a seat, buy the tickets, etc. Where the issue for this one came... For the Real Madrid game on the Friday, they released the remaining tickets available to match day members. Now, there were not any specific requirements to who was able to purchase a ticket for that game. In fact, there was no requirement on how long you had to have a membership. So in essence, you had plenty of people, City fans, some non-City fans, signing up for a match day membership. I think it's £35. You pay that, you get to buy a ticket. And there was inundated. The, the, the website was inundated. I think there were some reports that forty thousand people were in line looking for a ticket. That's sort of the the microcosm of a much bigger picture. We'll get into it now, Ollie. But what were your immediate thoughts when you saw the 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 sort of the meltdown, the outcry, the way City had handled it? Because it was a bit of a shit show. Yeah, it, it's not good. And you know what? I want to bring three the, the perspectives of, of three individuals here that are relevant to this. So with regards to season ticket and the cup scheme, I'm lucky enough to be on them for Madrid. No problem. 
got my ticket, done, sorted. For those that aren't on the Cup schemes, they have a season ticket, but they're not on the Cup scheme. I just want to shift over to the FA Cup final on this one. Now, we ourselves, um, that's me and my old man, we are season ticket holders, but for the domestic Cups, we were not on the Cup scheme. So that then leaves questions over whether we can get tickets or not to Wembley. Should be fine, but obviously it comes down to loyalty points, which... Amos, if we can bring up in a little bit, because that's another important question around yeah, loyalty points yeah. here. It's, like I said, the third one because it is going to be it is yeah. gonna be one of them episodes. Now, the third individual, most of us will be thinking, citizens, members, they've not got season ticket. Are we really bothered? Well, actually, yeah. Now, somebody close to me is from Spain. He's a diehard Barcelona fan. He's a diehard Pep fan. Uh, he's, a, he's a massive Pep stan. He loves him. And... Naturally, you know, since he moved over to England and Manchester specifically, he's a big blue, right? And now he doesn't really get so many games, but obviously as a big Barca fan, when Madrid comes to town, he wants to be there with the City fans and go. Should we deny people like that access? No. But should we be taking steps to prevent people that join up on the day? Yes, it almost reminds me of the... uh, You know, remember when... um, there were rumours that Conservatives were joining up the La- with the Labour Party so then they could have a vote to bring Corbyn yeah, in, right? Yeah. That, but that is exactly what it reminds me of, right? It's gaming the system. Now, he's held a citizen's membership for a number of years now, but he couldn't get a ticket on the website that morning whilst mm. other people who had just joined up did. I've seen United fans selling tickets for the game. So there are a few different perspectives here. I think overall, my reaction is they're just getting it wrong because we've got to give everyone who's in a different situation equal opportunity according to their loyalty in inverted commas um or financial situation or living situation whatever it may be but at the same time we've got to make it hard enough that people can't pull that jeremy corbyn trick you know can't can't just join up on the day uh, as as complete new members and, and grab tickets so in spirit the structure is right in how they prioritise, but in practice, good Lord, they got it wrong. Well, I mean, I agree with Ali here that there has to be a way for non-season ticket holders who maybe, you know, have had no interest in football up to this point and, you know, they're, they live in Manchester and decided they want to go out and start supporting City. There, there should be no roadblocks for them to start going to, to games. Um, but I think where we get to an issue is when we get deep into these com- competitions when there are plenty of fans that have gone you know, home and away in other games in the competition or have been going home and away in the league during the season or the League Cup or the FA Cup, whatever it is. And I think the crux of it is those fans have to have, even if it's a slight, a slight priority, some sort of priority to be able to get in and you know, continue the momentum they've had going to the games this season. Because you know, maybe they... They followed City away to, I don't know, St. Petersburg, you know, some like 20 hour flight, or I have no idea how far Manchester is from St. <laughs> Petersburg on a plane. But, um, and, and they should get some sort of priority for, for the big home games. Um, I think the issue that we're staring at here is, you know, you look at, I think it was in the Europa League last season when Eintracht Frankfurt fans just completely took over at Barcelona and there was something like 30,000 Frankfurt fans inside the the camp now and the Barca fans were you know really really angry about it as they should be and we had this happen with with Real Madrid last year and it wasn't necessarily that that Madrid fans took over the Etihad in that semi-final first leg but they returned loads of away tickets and those tickets got snatched up by tons of neutrals right who just came 
as you know, whatever neutrals. you want, however you want to, yeah, describe neutrals. They stand there, they take pictures when Benzema comes running by after celebrating, and then they go into the concourse and have a hot dog. Um, City have a are in this era right now of gaining huge, huge momentum on and off the pitch. Everything for the club, except for this one thing, is going well. There is a buzz around the fan base, around the club, that I don't remember ever existing, except for maybe in the first few years of post-takeover when City won uh, an FA Cup and that kind of buzz that was being generated. And to do this thing that harms the loyal fans that have been coming for a long time, even if it's just this season or if it's 10 years or 20 years, 30 years, um, you're, you're stifling momentum. And that's, mm. that's going to be a huge issue for the fans that maybe get, get alienated in this. It, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I, I, when, it, when it happened, when it was released, the ticket information was released, I looked at it and went, hmm, that doesn't seem right. There's a simple fix. There's a, there's a, for this one, there's a simple fix. And like you say, we don't want to harm anybody from, from not being able to come to the matches. And, and even, you know, th- this isn't an anti-tourist rant. I've been a tourist in numerous cities across Europe. On the day, in advance, I've decided I want to go and watch football. I mean, for anyone who can see that, well, obviously we don't upload on YouTube, but for anyone who's seen my background before, it's littered with scarves and badges and shirts from from countries and and clubs all over Europe, which I've been to and I've and I've gone to as a quote unquote tourist. It isn't an anti tourist jive. However, the issue is here that, and and it couldn't have come at a better time really with the comparison between the Arsenal game, which for me, recency bias aside, I'd, I'd say was probably one of the best atmospheres I can remember at the Etihad Stadium. Ever. They had the, the brilliant TIFO before kickoff. It was bouncing. Obviously, an early goal helps. But from minute one, bar maybe the little Arsenal uh, sort of comeback when they got a goal and, and they were doing their we love you, Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. It was bouncing from minute one. And, and obviously, it, it will go down as one of the best nights of the Etihad ever. This game against Real Madrid, I might be wrong, but I get the feeling it's probably going to feel like it's being played at a neutral venue. There's going to be a lot of people in that stadium. And and I know I, I know personal stories of people who are Liverpool fans, of uh, United fans who who snatched up a ticket. They're going, to, oh yeah, you know what? It's around the corner. I might, I might as well venture out for a Champions League semi-final. And for one of the biggest games in the club's history, City look as if now they're going to lose that home field advantage, which is crazy. It, it, it's it's lunacy the way they've done it. I think we've got really lucky here that this is a game against Real Madrid and not a Frankfurt, Borussia Dortmund, Napoli, mm. AC Milan, a club like that where if those fans had the opportunity, there'd be about 20,000, 25,000 opposition fans in the Etihad. We've really, really lucked out here because mm. last season, Real Madrid... You know, they turned in what was what a thousand of their three thousand allocation or twenty five hundred allocation. I yeah. mean, none of them showed up for a Champions League semifinal. So th- this could have been a situation in which it was almost a fifty fifty split, like you say. It feel like a neutral venue, and I think they've a- they've absolutely lucked out. Mm. I guess if we're being cynical, we we ask why they've done this. Well, it's pretty simple. They know new memberships are going to pay money. That doesn't guarantee a ticket. If they then buy a ticket on top of that, they, they, they get extra revenue. Why would they limit themselves? They've got, they're going to try and expand the fan base as much as they can. I guess the the issue here then, Ollie, is 
is how is this policed? Because for me, if we're looking at it from a sort of a moralistic point of view, an idealistic point of view, it's quite simple. You say if you've been to a Champions League game this season or X amount of Champions League, whatever you want to stick the criteria as, you get 24 hours to buy a ticket if you've got a, a match day membership. You go, if you've been to one game, then you get X amount of minutes. If you've had a membership before, I don't know, the start of the season or the start of 2023, you get X amount of minutes or X amount of days to buy a ticket. You wanted to you wanted to bring up loyalty points, which I think is part and parcel with this, but also another issue on its side. It's multifaceted, as you mentioned. But how how do you how do you think City go about growing their fan base effectively, getting that new money in, getting those sort of let's call them tourists, not in a derogatory sense, but people who are going to come to the stadium, they're going to go and spend 70, 80 quid in the club shop, they'll buy food on the concourse, as opposed to the local lad who's going to go, they might buy one beer on the concourse, if not, they're going to be in the pub beforehand, only buying the match day ticket. Yeah, well, it it needs to be an extension of what the club already has in place. So for those that aren't aware, the club, for all away games, um, I'm not sure how this works with home games, I would imagine there is similar, but for all away games, a, a, a certain amount percentage of the allocation is actually taken immediately. And that is distributed amongst players, of course, for their families, they get a number of tickets, and hospitality, who have a different priority and they have uh, ballots that they can enter to get away tickets. So certain number of those tickets are sectioned off players and hospitality. Another amount of tickets is sectioned off for official supporters clubs around the world. Fine. No problem with that. What they now need to do is also extend that as well for both home and away matches where a certain amount of tickets are siphoned off for, uh, I'm not even sure how you'd call it because the club would need to do this in a positive light rather than tourist tickets. But you know, um, fan welcome ticket. I don't know. Listen, I'm not a marketing mm. guy, and that's for them to think about. But for them then to, to to siphon off a certain amount of tickets that are for people that are newer, perhaps citizens members have a certain amount guaranteed, and they then don't encroach upon the ticket allocation that is made for everyone else. Now, loyalty points again is a separate question. So this is highly personal in the, in the viewpoint and perspective that I've got here. Even you two might not agree, but. Um, I don't get to too many away games these days. I've got a young baby, I've got a full-time job, all those kind of things that stop me really traveling very often to get to away games. The more local ones I try and get to, if I can get tickets. But here's the problem. I've held a season ticket since 1997, when I was three years old. My dad's held a season ticket since the 70s. His dad before him held a season ticket since the 50s. Right, We're going back to World War II in my family of season ticket holders. Now, you get minimal loyalty points for simply renewing your ticket and getting home game cup games. So where does that rank in terms of loyalty points and access to tickets for bigger games? And I'm thinking here about, say, for example, the cup final against United Mm. in comparison to those that have had a season ticket for two or three years, but... Either they've got bags of money or bags of time and they travel to away games every week. It's a tough question. It's one for the club to think about as well. But they need to be, overall, I think, micromanaging each section of tickets as opposed to, here's the full allocation. They get priority one access. They get priority two access. They get priority three access, etc. If, of course, season ticket members and loyalty point holders don't take all the tickets, the rest of them can go on open sale or fall over into citizens' members. But realistically, despite everyone saying we've got no fans, that very rarely happens. If these ticket allocations were sectioned off, 
each group will take their allocation. So the, the, the club really needs to rethink it, but I am, even as a diehard local fan, more than welcome to seeing the club section off a certain amount of tickets, even if small, to those short-term citizens members holders. They've got to rethink this whole thing, really, the, the way that it works. Well, kind of exactly what you've explained there is is the simple fix, is you've just got different layers of priority. You know, the, there's going to be a day in which it goes out, the, the, the tickets are available to the season ticket holders. And then from there, I think, to avoid it becoming almost a neutral venue or having loads of opposition fans. Because that's the thing I think the club haven't considered here. You know, they, they've thought about, okay, well, if we open up this game to fans that have created a membership on the day, we can generate loads of new fans. You know, pe- we, we aren't going to stop people who wake up that morning and decide they want to go to the Champions League se- semifinal. Fair enough. I understand the thinking there. But it, it almost feels like they haven't considered the fact that football fans follow their clubs around the world. And if they have this opportunity to get tickets in the home end in, in a European game, they'll take it. And so you have to give that that option to, I think the way you get around that is you give the option to fans who have gone to other games in the competition that season, right? So season ticket holders first, they get their allocation. And then if you've been to one or more games in the competition this season already, home games or away games, then you get you know your allocation. And then 12 hours later or 24 hours later, then it's on. And it, it, it sounds like a bit of a process, but you have to set up these small roadblocks to ensure that it doesn't become a neutral venue. And the fans that, you know, let's call a spade a spade, deserve to get a little bit of priority, get a little bit of priority. But the, the, this brings in, again, th- this is where the question of loyalty and time comes in. Now, if you're going to do it on a game-by-game basis, that campaign... That also makes things tough. So again, I want to give this from my perspective, but I'm sure many others will relate. With with the history I've got of following City for 20, 20 odd, 25 plus years now, if because of circumstance, baby, work, money, cost of living, whatever it is, I've not managed to get to many FA Cup games, for example, you're basically saying to somebody like me, and I, I hope there are others that can relate here, Circumstances present prevented you from going to FA Cup games this season. So we're going to completely disregard the fact that you have followed City home and away for 25 plus years or 60 plus years in your family and you can't go to what may turn out to be the biggest FA Cup final in history. Well, you, well you're a season it, ticket holder. It's not easy. So in my, fan, in my fantasy world, you're, you're actually the first priority. And then, well, and then if for whatever reason, because of the baby, because of work, you can't get to the game, then your tickets go they fall into the next category, which is people who have been to games that season. If they those do, they don't get taken, then then they fall into general sale. You, you, yes, you are right in that sense that I'm a season ticket holder, but I'm not on the cup scheme. So again, I'm transferring right. to Champions League. Fine, I am, yeah. and I've got for the FA Cup. It's not so straightforward because I'm not on the cup scheme. I'm sure I'll be fine. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But it just brings in that question again. We weren't on the cup scheme for various reasons. But does that mean that I should then be disqualified just because this particular campaign I've missed out as opposed to others? It's not easy, but City need to consult with fans. You know, sit down with people like me, like you, Amos, Adam, like you, people like you that come over to the UK and want to go to a game. You've followed City for a number of years. Now, you shouldn't be disqualified either. The club needs to get a good mix of fans sat around a table and pricing aside, talking only about availability here, 
they need to work with the fans and they've got to get this right. And I think this is, uh, I think it's good that I'm on this episode because I can bring in a perspective of being a season ticket holder at my local club. And obviously we have cup schemes and stuff as well, because we do have cups in this country, believe it or not. Um, the way that it works on my season ticket account, and I would imagine it is for most match going fans in the US, is there is no cup scheme. It's simply that when we are drawn into the next round, if it's a home game, I get an email from my season ticket rep that says, this is the price for your ticket to this game. Do you want to opt into this game? Yes or no? If I say yes, it's charged to my season ticket account. If not, it goes on to general sale. Is there not a simpler version of just saying anybody that has a season ticket for you know all the Premier League games, they get an option for each individual game instead of having to sign up for either make this big decision at the beginning of the season. I'm either on the cup scheme or I'm not. You can take it on a game-by-game basis, no? Yeah, sorry. And, and just one last point on this. And I know we're going back and forth, but it is. It's a really important topic and it's one that everyone cares about because everyone that is emotionally invested in City, whether season ticket holders or halfway across the world, will have an interest at some point in going to a game. So the last thing... We are limited at the moment by capacity for 54,000. That's going up. We're building an enormous single tiered uh, stand on the, is it the north stand, what is existing, what is yeah. currently the family stand. Now, if you're faced with a situation like we might be with Madrid, where it seems almost like a neutral ground because there are so many neutral fans coming, that would actually all be solved by putting a high loyalty point or qualification criteria with cheaper tickets, bringing us nicely onto the money question in that new single tier stand, make it our version of a yellow wall. And then it doesn't matter what else is going on around the stadium. If the club gets it right or wrong, it doesn't matter because you're going to have one huge tier full of your hardcore, long-standing fans over there. They'll create the atmosphere and they'll make it special. Right. We'll pause there. We'll take a breather. We'll have a drink, sit down, nobody speak. We'll be back after the break for the more feisty part, the more controversial part, season ticket price increases. This episode of the City Report podcast is sponsored by Discount Dragon. Just like Johnny Stones, we know that bargains get the blues excited and you can find all of the best brands at better value over on Discount Dragon. If you're a new customer, you'll even be able to grab yourself an extra £5 off any order that you place. So get over to Discount Dragon as quick as you can. UK only, terms and conditions apply. So like I said, on Friday, it started off with the, the season ticket holders turning the noses up a little bit at the non-season ticket holders saying, stop moaning, stop moaning, you've got nothing to moan about. And then about five o'clock, just before a bank holiday weekend, supporter services drop a statement or an, a link, a PDF, whatever you want to call it, saying that season tickets can be renewed, nestled in somewhere towards the bottom, information on prices. And guess what? They've been... They've, they've increased yet again. Um, there's there's a lot to digest here. As a season ticket holder, I'll, I'll come to you first, Ollie. There are a few points. I've got my opinions. I'm sure anyone who follows me on Twitter will have their opinions. I think what we need to make clear to start off with, and this this differs from where you are in the stadium, how old you are, if you're a kid, if you're an 18 to 21, I think is one of the concessions. If you're over over 65, you know, those prices differ. If you're higher up in the tier or lower down in the same tier, your ticket price differs. If you're in a different tier, blah, blah, whatever stand you're in, it differs. So this is not a blanket sort of everyone's has gone up the same amount, everyone pays the same amount. Some people's have gone up 
35 quid, I think it is. Some people's have gone up, I think it's 70, 80, blah, blah. I think the most important point to note before I hand it over to you, though, is the fact that they've gone up again. Now, again, it's different to, to sort of where are you where you are where you are in the stadium, what stand you're in, blah, blah. But it's about five or six, maybe seven years of constant in, increases in prices. I think the last freeze was 2016. So this is a long-standing issue for supporters. Quickly then, straight off the bat, your opinions on yet another season ticket price hike? Uh, not good. It, it's really not good. It, in isolation, each season ticket hike is okay. They are coming in under inflation percentage-wise, and ultimately it still does represent value for money. It's not like we're charging this to watch uh, Man United, <laughs> Liverpool this season. You know, it, But it's true, right? It, it's, it would be even worse if fans were shelling out and paying through the nose to watch crap, but we're not. So that's one thing that City have got going for them. But the problem is that when these things come in year after year after year after year, we're now looking at a situation where for most fans, tickets are going to be £800 plus in another three, four, five years. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that the club just doesn't seem to be recognising the value of PR in this regard. Now, when we extended the bottom tiers out, I think we filled in a bit of space between the lowest row and the billboards. I think we had like row AAA, triple B or something like that. They were priced at £299. And the PR that the club got, you know, widespread universal praise for these kind of things, making season tickets accessible again for fans. You know, that comes in ultimately at around a tenner a game, I think it was. If we have on average 30 home games a mm. season with cups. Um, so they're failing to recognise the value that you get just from, from freezing prices themselves. We do still have some of the cheaper season tickets in the league. We certainly have the lowest ratio of pounds per point gained at home in the league. <laughs> which is fine. But the, the problem is in the short to medium term now, we're facing down a situation where the average ticket price is obscene. And we're, you know, fans, ultimately, we're just struggling to keep up. And it does relate back to the conversation we had before, last point, in that the more you're paying for that season ticket, the less likely you are to join a cup scheme, which means your loyalty is then penalised when it gets to the bigger cup games because circumstance meant you couldn't afford the earlier games because you're paying mm. through the nose for season tickets. And now you can't go to the final. It, it, it's almost forcing fans into a lose-lose situation where they've either got to they've got they've got to be really picky, or even start selling tickets underhanded, which isn't great either because the club have clearly with the digital tickets tried to beat that now with touts. Mm. So it, it's just all of these things are coming together to create a very difficult experience for hardcore fans that don't have deep pockets. It's a massive problem. Um, so mm. they, they, again, as as I said before, they've got to get people in the room and they've got to understand, they've got to communicate clearly what they want. Do they want day trippers or more of them? Or do they want that hardcore support that's kicking up the atmosphere for Pep, as he's always asking? They need to establish their priorities, communicate those to fan focus groups and take on board the feedback. Again, I think the new stand will help this if they get the formula right for pricing and qualification. If they got it get it wrong, then I don't fucking know where this where 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 the supporter scene is going to be in a few years because it's not looking good. I just want to address some counter arguments because I think the balance of this panel is almost sort of 
overwhelmingly weighted towards, yeah, the club have fucked up yet again. Some of the counter arguments were looking at the price increases and, you know, what I, I, I have no idea where some of these people got the, the, the maths and the numbers from. It was fantasy. But there were people saying, oh, it's only an extra £2 per game, blah, blah, blah. Now, first of all, like you say, Ollie, it's the continuation of the increases which is the issue here. If you look at it just this season, you go, you know what, it's gone up 50. I think the average for people is probably about 50 quid. Like I said, some is 80 pounds, some is, uh, for anyone who may be wondering, quid equates to pound, uh, English slang. I know, Adam, you're nodding along there, but you, you very much are acquainted to English slang already. So I think the average is about 50 quid. Um, it may only be £2 extra per game, but it was also £2 extra per game last season. It was £2 extra per game the season before and the season before and the season before. Before you know it, that's an extra 200 300 400 quid in some cases. Like you say, again, in five years' time, that's an extra 400 quid. And the and, and another, another point that really, really pissed me off, actually, when I saw people saying it was, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford the small increase, stop going. And immediately, you're looking at that and you're going, you know what, maybe they've got a point. If you can't afford to go to football, it's a luxury, fair enough. You know, there are other priorities in this world, pick and choose. But then actually sitting back and looking at it, I was looking, I was thinking, since when did we get to decide when poorer people got to enjoy things in life? When did we get to decide that actually, no, the match day experience, which let, let's relate it back to what football actually is. It was a sport traditionally working class men would get to go on their Saturday afternoon, their only period of time off from work when they were working in factories. Football stadiums and football clubs were born out of working class communities. When did we get to decide who can go, who can, no, you don't earn as much money as the fella who's willing to pay £1,000 or more for a, for a season ticket. When did we get to decide that they were the people we want in this, this stadium? And the sad thing is a lot of City fans, and there'll be some people listening to this, have been almost blasé about it and gone, you know what, it's only a small amount of money, I'll pay it, I don't mind. But actually not everyone is fortunate fortunate enough to do that. So just the last point on this as well, the club has to be careful of, of, of not being seen as to be exploiting people's loyalty. Uh, mm. And it's a word I hate using, I don't mean it in its entirety here, I want to give City the benefit of the doubt. But I know and you know a lot of people that for their priorities in life in terms of money and where it goes in a down year, they're going to go food, bills, uh, school fees, that kind of thing, the real essentials, and then City is going to be top of the list after that. Mm. You know, People would sell their car to fund a season ticket. And the problem is, if you don't, you know, you're struggling for the year financially, it's not like you can just suspend your season ticket. If you give up that season ticket and can't make these increasing payments, you might lose it for another 10 years with the current trajectory of the club. Mm. So City needs to be careful because... As good as the PR benefit is of freezing ticket prices, and don't get me wrong, City, if you're listening, it's wonderful. Mm. But the other side of that, this is a, a potential PR disaster if you know a lot of supporters can genuinely no longer afford their tickets because of these rises. Uh, and, and I'll bring you in on this, Adam, to sort of, again, round it off, speak about some of the counter arguments, because like I say, I think this is less cut and dry than the first part, which was quite clearly City taking the piss. This is, you know, there are arguments to be had. For me, I don't see any benefit in, in I don't see any need to increase season ticket prices year on, year out. But one of the philosophical points of view, and, you know, we're all men in this in this recording here so I can only speak on behalf of us and but I know it's the same for women and I know it's the same for others as well the fact that football is 
a massive escape. I see people who I only see in the football season. So from August to May, I only see them. I only socialise with them within that period. Throughout June, July, the rest of the summer months, I don't see them at all. And it's always the same sort of places I see them, in the pub, in the stands, blah, blah, blah. It means an awful lot to people. It means an awful lot to people. And sometimes that is that is worth a lot more than money. We know it's philosophical. We know it doesn't work like that, blah, blah, blah. Um, Adam, some of the points that were being made were that what if City need to do this? What if their prices have gone up so much? What if their balance sheet is being squeezed and that, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get the silent violins out, but I can imagine it costs quite a lot to put a match day on. I can co- I can imagine it costs quite a lot to keep paying Harlem gold bonuses. Is this the price that City supporters have to pay for success if we want the team to be successful? Do we have to? And, and you know, you may have an American accent, but you are regularly at Manchester City matches. You know an awful lot about this football club, so you're well qualified to speak about this. Is this a price that supporters in Manchester, in England, across the world who want to come to a football game at the Etihad Stadium have to pay for a successful team? Uh, it shouldn't be. You know, I think for a start, there's two points here. One, the match day revenue is such a small sliver of City's annual revenue. You know, what what are they trying to achieve here to become extra first on the top of the, you know, <laughs> yearly revenue charge? Because they're already top of the Deloitte Money League. You know, they're, mm. they're, there's no one to catch for them at this point. Um, so, and like you said, this may be an American thing. I see absolutely no other reason that they would do this other than increasing their bottom line. Because if you are one of the suits in there, and let's be honest, they do a lot of fantastic things for the club. They've already done a lot of fantastic things for the club, but they don't have a connection to the club. They don't have a connection to you or Ali or me. They don't. They. It's a money-making tool. And if you are up in the boardroom and someone says, well, how do we make more money next season? You increase prices of things because as Ali said, they'll get paid. End of story. They will get paid. If you don't renew your season ticket because of the price, somebody's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Because that's the trajectory of the club now. It's not 1995 anymore where the you know the 30,000 going every week were the 30,000 fans. Like mm. you, you will get replaced. And it's happening right now at my local club where for different reasons, a lot of fans have defected from the club and have canceled season tickets and don't go to home games anymore. Um, and they've been replaced. I, I still go every week. I stand in solidarity with those fans that have, you know, canceled their season tickets. But I look around when I'm sat in in the north end of Providence Park and I see people who, you know, have replaced the fans that have been going for decades and decades. So it may just be a purely cynical view, but why wouldn't you if you're the club? And that's not me agreeing with them because I think, Amos, you and I are very aligned in our views of the culture of football, the culture of supporting football clubs. Um, But if you're Khaldun al-Mubarak, Omar Barada, Ferran Soriano, why wouldn't you? The prices are going to get paid. So I, I hate to be, you know... The, the 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 one to bring in the really cynical side of this, but the prices will get paid, and so they see their bottom line increasing. I, I agree with you. The prices are going to be paid, and it links back into what I just said because ultimately the prices are probably going to be paid a lot by people that can't truly afford it. 
but they are giving up a lot in life, even a family holiday, for the sake of their season tickets because City is a priority for most people. But the other thing is, I just want to raise raise something on the numbers themselves. If we've got, is it around 35,000 season ticket holders? Yeah, I think it's... Now, if those are going up at 50 quid a pop, that's 1.75 million. Surely, for God's sake, surely... It's we can get 1.75 million if they need to if they need that to make up increased costs somewhere else can't they just get some random ass partner like you know the united <laughs> have got a noodle partner or can't we get like a helium extraction partner or just something absurd but and you know everyone yeah it'll go up on social media and it's hilarious that they've got a, an official pencil case partner or an official <laughs> um i don't know taxidermist partner or whatever the hell they want to do. Yes, it looks a little bit ridiculous. That's just Harry but... Maguire, Ollie. That's just Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Surely a club this hmm. size, I, as I big think... as we are now, can find £1.75 million from anywhere but your supporters, surely. You're just underestimating capitalist businessmen and businesswomen. If it, if they can make 13 more dollars next season, 13 more pounds, they will. That's it. They, they they will increase their bottom line no matter what. And I hate I hate to be this like kind of dystopian figure. Actually, that's not true. I absolutely fucking love being the dystopian <laughs> figure. But American sports now are what your is what European football mm. aspires to be. People will pay four thousand dollars for a single match ticket because a, a superstar is in town. You know, I don't know. The, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. The NHL playoffs are going on. There's people spending hundreds and hundreds and even thousands for single match tickets because the prices will get paid. Mm-hmm. And that's what people like Omar Barada and Ferran, that's their, they want Super Bowls. They want the NFL. They want a family of five spending 12000 on a three-game package with food and beer included. That's what they want. They don't, they don't want you. They don't want Amos Murphy, who shows up five minutes after kickoff, doesn't spend a cent inside. If you're lucky. If you're, if you're, lucky. If you're lucky. Doesn't spend a cent inside the concourse, doesn't buy any new kits, just wears jeans and the same jacket that he's been wearing for five years Whoa, every single game. Had, I have more than bloody one coat. I'll, put, I'll tell you that. I have more than one coat. So what, all right, well, look, look if, it, if it's going this way to, with this dystopian future of yours, all I want to say is this. Ferran, Omar, Khaldun, if that is the way that we're headed and that is the approach here, then I hope the Premier League finds us guilty of every one of those 115 <laughs> charges and we're playing League One football next season for £5 a match ticket because that, that is depressing. I got so much criticism when I came on the podcast the week after those charges and I said, you know what, this might be a good thing because the way that the club is heading, that how close we have flown to the sun and the trajectory of, of the club at the moment is leading to things like this. Hmm. This is. Let's be honest. This is just the start, right? If City go and win a treble next year, the prices are going to be. It's not going to be another two pounds per ticket. It's going to be another four. Hmm. If City go on and win yeah. a Champions, another Champions League next season, Holland, Holland wins a Ballon d'Or and signs a new contract, it's going to be another six pounds the year after. That's just hmm. the way it is. It's un, it's horrible. Um, it's unfortunate. It's just the way it is. We we um, can't well, like my- be naive enough to think that we're special. Is my point. My, my my last point then for this for this episode is that I will be naive enough to believe it for now. I'm going to retain some optimism that the club will remain in touch with the supporters as we've done so well over the last few years compared to other super clubs. And I'm just going to I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. But yeah, the 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 way that it is heading, um, 
it's it's tough to swallow at the moment, but I I do hope that the club are going to wake up a little bit and, and get things back into line. It, the, the, like I said, there'll be fans listening to this who think, you know what, I don't agree with a word you said. I'm happy to pay the extra money every year. Fair enough. If you can do that, that's absolutely fine. There'll be people listening to it who'll be happy to pay the extra money who quite realistically probably don't have that extra money to spend, but still think that's absolutely fine. I guess finally then, Adam, um, what 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 next? What do we sort of look towards? Because, you know, some people will ask and some people will say, if you go down to London, I think Fulham fans have had a 20% increase on prices. I think Liverpool and Everton have increased the prices, albeit for the first time in, in years. Again, going back to that, in isolation, it's not too bad for City, but it's a wider picture. What next? Because, you know, Manchester has a has a history of standing up against oppression. It was the it was it birthed one of the suffragettes who obviously went on to to do all sorts of wonders in this country. It was the beating heart of an industrial revolution going back two hundred odd years or so. But deep down, as part of British culture and part of English football culture, there is an objection towards saying no to the overlords. The, you compare it to German football, which is obviously something quite close to my heart. This wouldn't have happened for a fucking second in Dusseldorf, in Dortmund, in Gelsenkirchen, where Schalke, but, you know, this would not have happened for a second. The fans would have mobilised, they would have got it stopped. I do feel like, for the first time maybe ever, fans are starting to feel it and wanting to fight back a little bit and saying, you know what, the football's great, but that's not going to come at my cost. You know, I'm not going to be missing out on this in five, six, seven years' time because you want to make a couple hundred quid on a match day off someone else. What do you want to happen next? What do you think will happen next? Well, I hope we as fans, and I'll even say you as match-going fans, can stand up and and you know kind of speak for ourselves and yourselves because we can't we can't lay down to these capitalists. We can't, you know, we can't, we can't lay down to people who are just going to continue to gouge our pockets and gouge our pockets for their extra, for another yacht, for another, you know, home in, in the Swiss Alps or whatever. Cause that, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's just getting these people richer. Um, like you said, I think city fans and, and, you know, we can speak for all English football fans have to take a page out of German fans books with, you know, Italian fans that, we do need to do something, whether it's banners in the stadium um, or anything like that. You know, I may have sounded extremely horrifyingly dystopian in the last ten minutes, but I'm not somebody who just lays down to the dystopia. You know, I think mm. that something has to be said. Whether, like I said, it's banners, um, <laughs> protests outside of the stadium, something that you know somebody has to stand up to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping as well. Like I say, I think patience is running thin and it would have been majorly different. I can already imagine if City weren't in the midst of a treble because that's the thing as well. You know, City fans want to they want to get behind the team. This could be a historic season and the fans who've been there through the hardship want to be there and see the good times as well as having lived through the bad times. Like I said, again, it isn't excluding anyone. Ollie, any final points before we finally call it a day and wrap it up after what has been a, an explosive but really ex- enjoyable and therapeutic cathartic episode yeah the last thing i just want to say is that undoubtedly there will be people that work within the club listening to this podcast i have no doubt about that whether they are tasked with keeping track of fan sentiment or just people that happen to be fans working within the club that listen just bring people in have a conversation make your objectives clear where the club's bottom line and revenues are concerned and then work with fans on how to best uh, you know best navigate that the same goes for both pricing 
and availability and access to tickets, as we spoke about in the first half of the episode. The club just needs to engage with people, but not not hollow engagements. Engage with them with with true uh, the true intent to improve things, and they'll find that a compromise can be made. You know, we understand that there is profit making to be done, but also fans are a crucial part of the club's success. And as Pep himself says, we need them. We need them. So whoever's at City that might be listening to this, just uh, just just work with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, under no illusion. Nobody wants a freebie here. We don't want to be being ushered into the South Stand and given a free Asahi as, as nice as it may be. And if you are listening, then I'll send you my email. But, you know, nobody wants a freebie here. We want to we want to pay our way and we want to be part of the journey, which hopefully this club continues to go on. Right, chaps, that'll do for today's episode. Follow, subscribe if you're new around here, as always. Back to the football tomorrow. I promise you, keeping politics out of football tomorrow. As for today, then, maybe not. Um, right, okay, Adam, Ollie, thank you very much. I've been Amos Murphy. Until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.